Hi, welcome to Marketer for Hire. I'm your host, Sunny Logsdon, and I understand that not all business owners have a marketing background. That's why I'm here, to provide tips and advice on how to build the right team to unlock your business's full potential without wasting precious time and money. Each week, we'll break down complex marketing concepts into easy to understand pieces so that you can delegate confidently. Whether you're a business owner with a marketer on your team or you're just beginning the journey of hiring a marketer, I'm passionate about helping you maximize success. So if you're looking for ways to get the most out of your marketing budget, reduce frustration from lack of results, and provide clear strategic marketing direction to your team, this show is for you. So today I am wrapping up our series on how to hire the perfect marketer and We are talking about onboarding and training, which is really one of my very favorite things to talk about. It is my sweet spot. I've worked and talked with hundreds of small business owners and marketers who have gone to go work for them over the last 20 years. And I really believe that the number one reason that small business owners have high turnover or are disappointed by the time it takes for their new hires to ramp up is that they do not onboard properly. So I am on a mission to fix that because there is a better way and it will cost you less money and it will be less stressful and you will end up with an employee who is a cheerleader for your company, someone who supports your vision in the same way that you do. You know what? The statistics even support this. Proper onboarding increases retention rates by 25% and employee performance by 11%. So your employees are actually going to perform better. 69% of employees are more likely to stay at a company for three years when they have a great onboarding experience. I hope this is not how it's gone in your experience or in your company, but my experience has been that small businesses with less than 50 employees actively onboard for an average of one day to one week. That's right. I said one day. There are a lot of companies out there that consider onboarding to be filling out the paperwork, and then they let their employees loose, hoping that they can do the job. And really, there's not usually much of an onboarding plan. They are winging it. To make matters worse, a lot of that initial onboarding is done in a silo. They send their new hire off to learn the ropes or maybe have a fellow colleague teach them making it a really confusing and alienating experience. And so it just starts things off on the wrong foot. It is no wonder that one in five employees quit their first year, which, by the way, costs the company twice as much as the employee's annual salary. That is a huge percentage of your hiring budget, and it is not something that I want to see flush down the drain. We do not want that for you. So... How do you onboard in a way that cultivates a sense of purpose and passion for your company and keeps employees invested for the long haul? Well, that is what we are diving into today, my friends. And all you need to remember are the five P's of onboarding. The five P's are policies, people, purpose, success plan, and progress check-ins. So we are going to go over each of these. Let's start with the first P, and that is procedures. Yep, the boring part. There are a lot of legal documents, HR documents, functional parts of the onboarding process that you have to get done. 
It varies from state to state, and there's a lot of information out there about the forms that you are going to need your new hire to fill out. So that is not where I shine. I am not going to go over all of that because I am not an HR or a legal expert. But there is a way to get a lot of this onboarding done in a way that is less painful for your new hire and for you. And that is to have a pre-onboarding process. So after your new hire officially accepts the position, you want to send over as many documents as you can electronically or have the employee come in for two hours before their first day just to get all of this drudgery out of the way. As you're preparing all the things that you want to send over, all the things that you want them to do during that first visit, think about the ways that you can set them up for success and a seamless first day when they actually do come in for their official first day. A few ideas are you'll want to go ahead and set up their email and give them instructions on how to create an auto response and how to do their email signature. You're going to want to give them your file architecture. So show them how to name and where to save files. You will want to tell them where they can reference community documents and communication platform etiquette and meeting etiquette and tips for using software programs and all the logins and usernames and how to create them. There is so much information that your new hire is going to need and it's all boring stuff. So do your best just to get this out of the way. And remember that the goal here is to help them understand the culture, help them to start their first day and be able to do as much as they can and not have to go search for the answers. Essentially, this first P is all about the way that the company operates and making that information available to the employee, which by the way, let me clarify, this is very different than cramming it down their throats the first day and sending them off on their own into the sunset to get to work on all of it. It is not so they can get straight to work. It is just so that when they do show up, they have all of the information that they need and that once you are giving them goals to work on, that they're not wasting their time on all of this boring stuff, trying to figure out who to track down, where to go to find what, or worse, doing it wrong the first time, which ultimately is going to cost you even more of their time and yours. Another thing that I really like to include in this initial information stack is a sheet that the new team member can fill out so that they can share a little bit of information about themselves. For example, you'll want to ask them some questions about you know, where do they like to eat? Is there a nickname that they like to go by? Are they allergic to anything? When is their birthday? What's their favorite color? These aren't really personal questions. It's just something to reference so that you don't order the meat lover's pizza for the next team meeting, or you can make sure that their birthday is recognized. It's really just the basics that you need to know about somebody who is working in your office, whether it be in person or virtual. The next P is people. Research shows that the secret to feeling fulfilled in a career boils down to one thing. That is relationships. Relationships are so important in your small business. So cultivating these relationships is something that you're going to want to do on the first day. And it's something that honestly has become more and more difficult with remote work, but it's every bit as important and maybe even more important in those remote environments because you have to be really intentional about creating opportunities 
to cultivate these relationships. There are no water coolers like there used to be or lunch rooms where people can gather in a remote company. They can't talk about their latest Netflix binge or share that embarrassing story that, you know, their kid told their teacher at school. So you have to figure out another way to build those relationships. And it's really important to start on day one. So whether you're in person or remote, plan a lunch on the first day and require that everyone that the new hire will be working with attends. If you're a really small company, you might want to include contractors like a designer, your account rep at an agency, or a social manager too. Really just want to cultivate relationships with the people that the new hire is going to be working with. If you're remote, consider doing some type of an icebreaker so that everyone has a chance to talk without it being super awkward. You know how awkward those Zoom meetings can be. And remember, this is a purely social get-together. This is not to talk about roles and responsibilities or the upcoming project. You just want to give this person a chance to get to know the others on their team. You'll also want to ask the team members to reach out and schedule a coffee, whether it be virtual or in person, to have a one-on-one conversation with your new employee. This should be a 50-50 personal and professional conversation. The goal is for your new hire to get to know these people personally and also to understand more about their role within the company and how they'll be working with them. I also want to suggest that if you can, assign an A player on your team who's super positive and represents your company well to be your new hire's mentor. This colleague is someone who will be really intentional about making sure that the new hire is connected to the rest of the team and has a place to go for questions that does not require going to you, the owner, or their manager if they have one. When I think about this, I think about the program at my kid's school, and anytime a new student comes, they are assigned a liaison in the same grade, and the liaison meets with the new student outside of school to get to know them. Maybe in August before school starts for the semester, they'll meet at a park or go out for pizza just to socialize and to become friends, get to know one another. Then the liaison will find the new student on the first day and walk them to class. And then at lunchtime, the liaison will ask the new student to come eat with their social group. And it's just generally a program to make sure that every new student feels comfortable and connected on that first day. They want to make sure that a student isn't facing an awkward moment of trying to figure out how to get to class all alone or figure out where to sit at a lunch table or ending up sitting all alone. And you know what? At the end of the day, we are not that different than these third graders. It is really no different in the work environment. We all need a buddy to show us around and make us feel included. The third P I want to talk about is purpose. Being connected to the company's purpose is the next biggest predictor of satisfaction after connection to the people who work there. You want to start building this connection really early on in the onboarding process. Take them through your origin story. Tell them why you do what you do, who you serve, why you serve them, why you're passionate about serving them. Explain as specifically as you can, even if it seems obvious, how your new hire's role is helping to serve this broader mission. I have an example on this that I think is so powerful. I recently worked with a cosmetics company whose mission is for people of all cultures, nationalities, and heritages 
to see themselves in their products and in their marketing. So all of their different products are made from specialty ingredients from all over the world. When they onboard new team members, they walk their new hires through the origin story for each product. They talk about where those ingredients come from, the healing capabilities of those ingredients, and how they're used in the cultures that they come from. They talk about why the ingredients are so culturally relevant for the cultures where they originated. They're also clear about how each role on the team contributes to the overarching vision. This company's mission guides every single decision that is made by every team member. It is a beautiful story that every team member can tell and every team member feels passionate about. So think about being a team member working for that company, and then think about working for just a cosmetics company that, you know, is a huge conglomerate and you are helping to market their products, but there's really no mission and vision behind it. You aren't quite sure how you're changing lives. Which company would you be more passionate about working for? Which company are you going to want to stay with? I think the answer is obvious, isn't it? This is why you want to weave your vision into the stories of the products and the services that you provide. You want to explain to your new hire how this is all connected and how what they're doing really is connected to serving the larger world around us. Explain how you're changing lives because at the end of the day, if you are a small business, you are changing lives in some way because you have a personal connection with your client. Show your new hire how they are part of that mission. As part of this step, I also want you to walk them through your company's strategic plan, mapping out the big picture goals and explaining how they'll contribute. Because when your employees are connected to the bigger picture, when they see how their daily small task contributes to the bottom line and to the bigger strategic plan, they're going to perform better in their independent roles. And of course, that's what we want for each of our employees, right? The next P is for plan. Before your new hire's first day, I want you to create a series of goals that your new hire will be able to break down into specific doable tasks. I suggest defining specific goals that they should achieve by the end of week one, week four, week six, and at the end of the first three months. Of course, you're not going to give all of those to your new hire at once. You would probably scare them away or at least overwhelm them. You'll want to present week one goals and week one goals only toward the end of the first day. One of the goals that you present on the first day should be to complete all the standard forms and procedures, most of which will be complete by the first day. So yay, they already have a win. And then of course, there'll be other goals from that first P that they're still working on throughout the week, like learning the file management system and completing menial tasks in some of your programs just to play and get experience. You'll also want to include a goal that includes having them meet with three to four key team members who you've chosen over the course of the first week so that they're continuing to cultivate those relationships. I also like to include a project that requires them to dig into your company content. This might be an assignment that requires them to read your content and really learn about your company. Something that I think works really well is assigning a competitive analysis that compares your messaging and sales materials to two or three top competitors in your market. 
I love to use this for new marketing hires because it gives them a reason to not only dig through your content and learn about your company, but it also gives them an opportunity to dig into the industry and to really start to understand your competitors, which will be really important as they move into their marketing role. After the first week, give them month one goals. And when you give them these goals, plan to sit down and work with them for several hours to break down those goals into specific actionable steps and milestones. As you break the goals into specific steps, be sure that you are telling them where to go to get all the information that they need. During this first month, do not leave any stone unturned. You just want to give them all the information that you can on a platter. And as you create these goals, be sure that the workload is realistic, given that they'll be moving slower than you would, and that they still have a pretty big learning curve during the first month. I know as you're doing this that it might be tempting to assign the goals and just leave it at that. Let's see if the fish can swim, right? But there's a reason that I want you to work with them to break down the goals into action steps. It gives them an opportunity to see how you think through things and to really understand your expectations around how to complete action steps that will lead to the bigger goals that you want them to accomplish. So you will go through the same process with the three-month plan and goals as well. At three months, you'll hand over the six-month plan. And at this point, it's time to let the employee do it themselves. So let them break down the big goals into actionable steps by themselves And then just be sure that you circle back within a relatively short amount of time and just make sure that they have broken the big goals into small action steps in the same way that you would and that they are on the right track. Which brings us to the next P and that is performance pop-ins. When I think about this process, I think about the process that I have gone through with each of my three kids at some point to get them to go to bed. Each one of my kids has gone through a stage where they were really hard to put to sleep at night. They did not want me to leave their bedroom. My process was that at first I would lay on their bed until they went to sleep. And then after a few nights, I'd let them know that I wasn't going to lay in the bed, but that I would stay in their room until they fell asleep. Then after they got used to going to sleep while I was in the room, but not in their bed, I would move out to the living room, but still with an eyesight and wait for them to fall asleep and then leave my post until eventually I could walk out of the room and bedtime wasn't an issue. They could fall asleep by themselves. Now, I'm not being condescending to your new hire, but I really do want you to keep this process in mind over the first 90 days because I want you to think about gradually stepping away until your new hire is fully comfortable doing things on their own. So what does this look like? We've already been through the goals that you're going to set and how you're going to break those down into action steps. But what does that look like on a daily basis? So the first day, you are going to want to spend at least a half day with them. Maybe give them an hour alone in the morning to do paperwork and an hour in the afternoon, but don't abandon them. If you have a meeting, if you need to get away, you could always let a colleague or a mentor that you've chosen spend an hour or two with them as well. But don't pawn them off. I promise that they will feel it if you do. And you are really going to get them started on the right foot when you spend the majority of the day with them. Be sure that you have a clearly defined agenda that alleviates any confusion that first day. That way they know what to expect next. They know who they're spending time with and they know what they're doing. 
After the first day, you will want to connect with them twice a day for the first week. I like to start with a meeting in the morning and another one toward the end of the day. And of course, for that end of the day meeting, make sure that it is at the proper end of the day and not at the end of your day. Don't make them hang around waiting for you to be done with your day before you meet with them. Plan for these meetings to probably last an hour to an hour and a half each during the first week, which I know that's a lot of time and every meeting won't be an hour and a half, but those first couple of days, they might be. So allow for that on your calendar. During week two, you'll continue to meet twice a day, but the meetings will be a lot shorter. You can plan on spending about 30 to 45 minutes total per day, and it really depends on what your employee is working on. During week three, you'll want to stop by once a day, and it'll just kind of be a quick check-in, make sure there's no questions, make sure that everything is moving along and that they're continuing to meet with people and that they are continuing to progress. Then in weeks four through six, move from two meetings a week to one meeting a week, and that is in addition to your team meeting that they should also be attending. So maybe you're wondering, okay, so what are we going to do during all of these meetings? So here's your list. You're going to review checklists and evaluate progress on goals. You'll be answering any of their questions. You'll be making sure that they have all the resources that they need. You will give them feedback. And really important, you will also ask them for feedback. And do it really specifically. If you see that they are struggling with something, ask for feedback on how you could have provided more information up front or what it is that you can provide now in order to help them through whatever they're struggling with to help get them on to the next step. And be sure to include that in your future onboarding process. During these first three months, you'll also identify any additional training needs and you'll be able to evaluate performance, which ultimately will help you figure out what they are going to be able to accomplish over their next three-month goals. So as you're creating those six-month goals, you will know from their performance during these first three months what they're going to be capable of. And as I'm talking, I'm just imagining that you are out there thinking, oh my gosh, three months of onboarding, that sounds excruciatingly slow. This sounds like a job within a job. And what I really need is somebody to come in and take things off my plate. But I promise that with the right plan in place, this is doable. It does not have to be overly time-consuming after that first week. And guess what? This is something that I can help you with if you need it. Go to sunny-logston.com and book a call with me if you have questions about this onboarding process. And when I have clients wondering whether or not it's worth it to invest time in onboarding, I like to think about Henry Ford's quote. He says, the only thing worse than training your employees and having them leave is not training them and having them stay. Think about that as you're onboarding and think about the amazing employee that you're creating through this process. I hope you've enjoyed this series all about hiring and I hope that you'll tune in next week because I have a great interview queued up for you. Next week, I'll have LinkedIn expert Joshua Beely on the show and I've already recorded this interview and let me tell you that he is so generous with his time and information. I got more out of this one conversation than I've gotten out of some of the paid LinkedIn courses that I have purchased. It is a really great episode, and there are so many applicable takeaways. You are not going to want to miss it. I will see you back next week for that. Thanks for being here, friends. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Marketer for Hire podcast. I hope you've gained valuable insights to help you delegate marketing so that you can confidently get out of the details. If you enjoyed the show, will you do me a favor? Will you hit the follow button and leave a review and a rating? And if you've heard something that you think will help another business owner, be sure to send them a link to the episode. I'd sure appreciate it. And most importantly, before you go, I just want to say that I know your time is so valuable as a business owner, and I truly appreciate you spending some of it with me today. Thank you, friends, and I'll see you next time.